Thanks, buddy. Beautiful. Woo! Mm. I love that song. I love the lyrics of that. It also reminded me of the song that Simon and Garfunkel wrote, Old Friends. And uh, it was funny, they had a phrase in there. They said, can you imagine turning 70? And I'm like, yeah, I can imagine that now. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> there's a richness, isn't there? When you look back at your life, and I promise you, when you're lucid in your brain, you measure your life by the beauty of friendship. That's it. It's all about friendship. This last weekend, I flew to Phoenix to be with six guys that I played college football with. And five of those six guys I had not seen in 42 years. Think about that. And you know how long it took us to like, get back to where we were? Like one second. Jim Van Iperen met me at security. I was the first guy in. And he saw me and he burst into tears because of the richness of life. And for us, what was cool about those friends is those friends, those friendships were built in Jesus Christ. And those six guys have been serving Jesus since I last saw them 42 years ago. We've been in the world. I got one buddy, John Reiser, who's a pastor of Damascus Friends Church in Damascus, Ohio. It's one of the largest Quaker or Friends churches in the whole world. 3,500 people coming. And he's he just an amazing guy. Got another guy that's been reconciling churches broken apart by conflict. Another guy that's been counseling and teaching at, at Columbia International Theological Seminary in, in uh, Greenville, South Carolina for the last 25 years. And it was amazing to see that when you bring mission and friendship together, something unbelievable can happen in your life. And you know what this community is about? It's about mission. And it's about friendship. I cannot believe the generosity and the love that you guys have expressed through the years to so many people. And if you don't believe me uh, about this friendship, I promise you, when you look at people that have been blessed by your friendship to them, you'll begin to see the power of this. And this is really my thesis statement today. It's simply this. All the best things that have ever happened in my life happened out of friendship. Friendship with God and friendship with people. And we thought it would be fun to, to begin this service by celebrating one of the couples that has been blessed by your friendship, by the Everyone campaign, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but also by the generosity of individuals and families from this church that have helped them do what they've done. Uh, you might recognize this couple when you see them on the screen. Check this out. Hey, what's going on, Birmingham? Clint Dupin here. And I'm Michael Dupin. Now, you guys have been on a journey for about three years now called the Everyone Campaign. I still remember when that thing launched. Like, I think it was in 1933. No, it was just three years ago. Oh, yeah, it was three, three years, years ago. ago. Now, we are just wanting to let you know how excited that we are that this is coming to an end, but also how thankful we are uh, for all of the sacrifices that you have made for us here in the Bay Area when it comes to Easttown Church. Yeah, we talk with our team all the time and tell them about people that live across the country that they may never meet who have sacrificed and invested to make what's happening here in the Bay Area a reality. And we're so thankful. So cool. And if you haven't invested in it, then this isn't for you. It's only for the people that have actually no. done something. Stop. That's not nice. That's not nice. No. Oh. Anyways, thank you. We love you guys. We miss you guys. God bless. See ya. 
So anybody notice that Clint has a few more gray hairs in his beard when you first met him? I think that's really funny. Uh, I just talked to Carl and Mindy Crimmins who were out there last weekend. I was out there six weeks ago. I got to tell you, it's a vibrant, really cool, really exciting church. And uh, it would have never happened without this campaign and without the support of individuals along the way. I tell you, it's what makes life beautiful. In fact, any psychologist will tell you, if you want to become a fully formed human being, fully actualized on this planet, you cannot do it without great friendships. Friendships that are based on truth and love and authenticity along the way. And what's been beautiful about Kensington all these years is we've been, I think we've had a great vision. We've had a great mission. You know, um, we're getting ready. Uh, this year we will uh, have started 60 U.S. churches out of Kensington with people and money. We will have helped start uh, over 5,000 churches and house churches across the globe. And we will have had ministries, unbelievable, everywhere. It came out of a great vision, but what actually fulfilled it was great people on mission doing what God had made them to do. And I've seen you guys, listen, I've seen you living out your faith in Jesus Christ as you lead a school, you lead, you lead a sports ministry, a program in a public high school. I've seen, I just saw Chris and Jocelyn Cook with a team of people start Gigi's Playhouse, which is a, which is a resource and place of hope for families with children who have Down syndrome. Um, they just had a kickoff that was the largest Gigi's Playhouse gathering in the history of the organization across the nation. And it happened just because of people living out their faith and journey. It's all about the, the move out that we see God moving through people here all the time. It's very exciting. And also, a lot of you don't realize this, Colin Liz Harfield, who came to Kensington originally. Colin was the camp, one, of the, one of the many campus pastors that worked for Clint Dupin. That was kind of a joke. Um, but they're launching, you know, they've launched Anthem Church in Boston. We have a church in Boston. And they just had a retreat this weekend where they had 30 people going on an alpha retreat and people coming to Christ. It's been an amazing journey. And we've gotten to be a part of all of that. That's what friendship does. You can have vision, but without friendship, it will never happen. So let me talk to you for 20 minutes today about friendship before we kind of move into some really exciting news to share with you. And let me, before we do that, let me pray. Father, I am praying today that this is a milestone moment of friendship in the life of the Birmingham campus, where you form us not just as a great community through vision and, uh, of what you could do, but through great friendships. And that by your power, Jesus, working in our life, that we could accomplish great things in this world. And we thank you that you take us on new beginnings every day when we're in life with you. And those new beginnings mean new and authentic friendships yet to be made. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, you're here today either because you were made, made to be here or you came because you really do want to have an impact in your life. You want to have an impact in your home, at your place of work, the place where you go to school, your community. You want to have an impact in this world. And you don't want to do it alone. The person, the most uh, isolated person in this room really does not want to live life alone because you realize that it's impossible. Everything that any of us have accomplished in this life, someone gave us a hand up. Someone gave us a push from behind. Someone gave us a piece of encouragement along the way. And here's what I want you to know, that we are here 
as living symbols of the mission that Jesus gives us. As we finish this Everyone campaign, which started three years ago this weekend, we're here to, to express the fact that God can do amazing things through people that join together in friendship. Out of this campaign, by the way, just as a kind of a side note, you know, we built a building, Clinton Township. How many of you know that? We built a building this year. We, we, had, we had adopted a campus up in Traverse City. Do you know that? Um, this Clinton Township building since Mother's Day, you may not know this, but they were running around 2,000 people uh, when they got into that building on Mother's Day. They have regularly been near or over 4,000 people. How cool is that? We don't have an exact number, but we, we believe it's around that we have had 5,000 unique new visitors come through the doors of that building since Mother's Day. 5,000 new people have visited. And that, that's pretty cool, isn't it? We've seen more wells dug. We've seen more churches start, started globally. We've seen Easttown in San Ramon, Anthem in Boston, Grumlaw Church in Grand Blanc. Uh, seen... Uh, not Dave Kubiak's church in St. Clair Shores. Well, no, forgot the name of his church. Sorry. Uh, senior moment. What is it? Antioch Church. Antioch church. So, yeah, I knew that. And all of this has happened through this campaign. And, you know, here's the amazing thing. If you've been in Birmingham for 11 plus years since this campus started, every campaign, we've had parts of three campaigns since this church has been in existence. And it's been all about other people like almost 100% about other people, other visions, other ministries, other movements of God. It's been a completely unselfish, unselfish movement here, which makes Birmingham pretty unique. It's pretty awesome. And so as we think about what God wants to do through us in terms of vision and friendship, let's look at a passage of Scripture that really describes this as well as any in the whole Bible. It's in John 15. Jesus is coming to the end of his earthly life. He knows, uh, he, he knows and understands that he's going to die. He knows that he's going to suffer and be tortured and rejected and ridiculed and he's going to be crucified. He knows all of this is happening. And so he's preparing his 12 disciples, soon to be 11. And this is what he says to them. He says many things, by the way. John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is all part of this beautiful anthem of beauty that Jesus gives, gives us. But here in 15, he says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Have you ever thought about, have you ever thought what does God want for you? Does anybody in this room grow up in a strict religious environment where it was about rules or about shame or about you better live up to what God's done in your life? Do you realize that what God really wants for you is a fruitful life? Like a life that flows with joy and purpose and meaning and lasting relationships and giving of yourself to others, that that's God's intent for you? It's not some grim vision of your life. But you bear fruit. Showing yourselves, he says, to be my disciples. And then he says something remarkable that changed my life when I, when I was about your age, by the way. I was, it was either 10th or 11th grade. And someone shared this passage with me, and it goes like this. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. You ever wonder what it really means to be a follower of Jesus? It simply means you're part of an ongoing chain. As the Father loved Jesus, Jesus loved his disciples. His disciples took this message into the world, this message of, 
of the love of God has come to us. It's reached us. As the Father has loved Jesus, so Jesus has loved us. And we receive his love, and then what do we do? Hello? We release it. We let it go. We, we, we live open-handedly. It's always been one of our core values. We release his love into the world. We simply receive it and release it. You can't do anything to earn it. You don't do anything to deserve it. It's God's unbelievable grace. It brings you his love. You receive it and you release it. You say, well, what is Kensington about? That's it. <laughs> That's it. You receive it. You release it. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be a part of. Isn't it beautiful? It's not a list of endless rules. He goes, so, so as the Father's loved me, I've loved you, and here's what I want you to do. Remain in my love. Just live in that love. If you were going to give marriage advice, by the way, uh, about, was it 70 couples? 70 couples did date night last night with Dave and Ann Wilson, and a few of them afterwards are still going to try to stay married despite the date night. That's a bad joke, sorry. I thought it was awesome, right? What better way to build your marriage than to do what with your spouse? Remain in your love. Like live, abide together in all the imperfections. Keep loving each other. Remain, live in that environment. And then he says this, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, there it is. He was going to say love each other. Now he's going to be giving all these commands. He's going to be laying all these rules on you. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy would be complete. Isn't that what everybody wants? People want joy. People want something that gets them out of bed in the morning, that moves them through life, that allows them to see the bright side even in the darkness. And that's what Jesus brings. I was thinking about that. That joy may be complete. One of my best friends that I was with last weekend has been battling uh, bone cancer and leukemia, and he's had a bone marrow transfer, transplant. And for five, he was, our, he was the only All-American on the four years I was a week, and he was an All-American middle linebacker for us. Division three football, I know, it, it's not much. But still, first-team All-Americans, quite an achievement. And he was undersized. Anyway, for five years, he's been battling graft versus host, which means the transplant, his body keeps warring against it. And he looks like he's 100 years old. He's the counselor at Columbia International Theology School. I want to tell you, you know what he has? He has joy. He has, he's sick every day. Uh, it's affected his eyes so that he has to give contacts that hold moisture into his eyes because his eyes are not producing moisture anymore. And he's just, he's in constant pain. But you know what, you know what he has? He's the joy of the presence of Jesus Christ. I, I told him, I said, Larry, you're a living illustration to me of what the love of God does in people. And he's continuing to serve people, help people, counsel people along the way. So he gets to his command, verse 12. He says, my command is this. Ready for the list of rules? Are you ready? Hello? Yeah, here's the, here's the list. Love each other as I've loved you. That's it. In other words, receive my love, release my love to people, to everybody. Jesus will go on in other passages and say, love your enemies, pray for those who do you, do you harm and evil. This is a new way of experiencing reality in the universe. No one has ever come up with a better idea than this. And this is the Christian life. Receive his love, release his love, love each other as I've loved you. And this is how he says to do it. 
Greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. What's the command? Let's say it together. Love each other as? Let's say it together. Love each other as? Say it again without my help. Isn't that amazing? Do you realize that people throughout all the history of the world thought religion was you had to sacrifice an animal or a human or you had to do something horrific or you had to give up your firstborn child and all of this is simply receive the undeserved grace and love of Jesus Christ. Just receive it. (laughs) Guys, this is so revolutionary. It's so simple people can't understand it. People still at Kensington come to me and go, I'm, I'm hoping I'm doing enough for God. You know what? God could care less what you're doing for him. If you're doing it out of love and out of the expression of what Jesus is pouring in your life, great. But he, he's not worried about that. What he wants you to get is to receive his love, to know you're cherished along the way. It's interesting. I was saying this in the earlier service, but the last 10 years we've seen an explosion of great worship music across the globe. But I have one concern about the music we sing. There's a lot of the music we sing that has pleading in it with God. Like, God, please bless me or come, come, you know, come into my life. Guys, that's heresy. That's not the gospel. Jesus has already come. He has already poured out his spirit into the lives of anyone who will receive his love. And it's about, he said, I came to be your friend. In fact, finish this, finish this. He says, I no longer call you servants because the servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I simply want you to receive my love and let love flowing, my love flowing out of you bear fruit in the world. It's so cool. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And so I see this in Christian circles. God, oh God, Lord, Lord, we really need you to show up. Well, whatever. I'm like, what is that? Does that sound like John 15? John 15 says, I've already given you everything you need. So stop pleading and stop whining about that and just say thank you. I want us to sing worship songs and say thank you. Okay, so listen, when you're singing, think about that. And here's what I would say. This is what I believe. If I wouldn't say it to my own earthly father, why would I say it to my heavenly father? When I was in high school, I, I, was, I was quite the ladies' man. I probably had four dates in high school. And I remember going to my dad and saying, Dad, I got a, I got a date, which means there is a God. And I'd say, can I have some money? Some of you know this story. I've told this story many times here through the years. And, and, and I'd say, because I, I was... I was Sports, I never worked, I never had a dollar, and, and he, was, he was very generous. In fact, when I was at Wheaton College, I led the Young Life Club at Glenbrook West High School. My dad underwrote the ministry of Young Life at Glenbrook West High School for four years. He, I was literally a full-time missionary at Wheaton College, and every penny that moved that campus, sent kids to camp, sent leaders to camp, came out of my dad's pocket. He literally treated me like a full-time minister in college. He, that was the way he was. And I remember the first date that I ever asked, I said, Dad, I need some money. Like, I'm freaked out, you know. I, I just turned 16, was going to drive the car. I think I got a speeding ticket that night. And um, I said, can I have some money? So he pulled out his wallet. He always had this real thick wallet with tons of cash in it. Does anybody remember their dad? Have, back, that was back in the day. I mean, he'd have hundreds of dollars in that wallet all the time. 
That's how you, you, you didn't use credit cards hardly at all back. It was just starting to come into vogue. And so, so he, 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 this is what he did that first night. He goes, <laughs> and looks at me. And he starts fishing through and separating the dollar, and he pulls out a dollar bill. And he hands me the dollar bill. I'm like, yeah, that's real funny. Bring it on. And so he would do it. Sometimes he'd do it two or three or four times. One dollar, until like, Dad, that's funny. I, and then I would take the, I took the wallet out of his hand. And I took a 20 or two 20s out, handed it back, says, thank you very much. I'll let you know how the date goes. In other words, I could take the wallet out of his hand and take the cash out of the wallet because, because he's my father. And I knew that, because it was always, Jesus says, everything the Father has given to me, I've given to you. It's the same in any earthly relationship. I knew that my dad, that everything my dad had was mine. That he was never going to hold back. Do you know that the first $40,000 given to Kensington, that started Kensington, was given by my dad? The month he retired. And he really didn't, it was more than he probably should have given at the time. He didn't care. Because Why? He's my father. I never once pleaded with him for anything in my life. So why would I plead with my heavenly father who sent his son from the glories of heaven to enter this world, to walk my pain, to live so that I could be alive in him? This is what the gospel is about, friendship. And you know what's going to change the world? Policy is not going to change the world. Yelling at people is not going to change the world. You know what's going to change the world? Friendship's going to change the world. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. This is a new way of experiencing reality. And so I just love this. This friendship is what Jesus offers. And it's always been our dream for this community. That's what Clint and Michael are experiencing. Do you realize they're planning a church in a very challenging situation? And they're doing that because of your generosity and love and friendship. That's what makes the world go round. There are three ways to finish this. I'm just going to give you three thoughts that Jesus really showed his love to his disciples. And I want you to think about this in your life. Who are you doing this with? Who are you building friendships with in terms of your faith? Are you doing this with Jesus? Are you doing this with Jesus? Are you, are you building a friendship with him? Are you building a friendship with others? There are three things Jesus did. He spent time with his disciples, vast amounts of time. He literally spent three years. They were with him so much that, that people began to just equate them as kind of all, all one together. And later, when Jesus is resurrected and ascended to the Father, and the disciples receive the Holy Spirit and they go out into the world, Peter and John are arrested in Jerusalem. And they're taken before the religious council. And look at this. This is amazing. It says, the members of this religious council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. What were Peter and John? Does anybody remember what their occupation was before Jesus? What were they? Fishermen. Other, literally, the third lowest occupation in Jewish, kind of in, in Jewish culture, it would, be like, it would be like being a garbage collector. It, like garbage collectors used to be when I was a kid, where you'd ride on the back of the garbage truck and you would you lift huge cans of garbage Smelly, stinky, that was, the, that was the quality of being a fisherman in Jewish culture. They were ordinary people with no special training. And then look at, look at what it says. They also recognized them as men who had been 
with Jesus. You know what I love? It, like if I was around you long enough, like these two young ladies with your, with your dad, I, I, could, I could watch you, and I bet you if I was with you for a day, I would find you doing something exactly like your dad does. And I would point it out, and you'd roll your eyes at me. <laughs> it's so funny. As I, as I grew up, I realized I clear my throat exactly like my father did. I talk about the Bible exactly like my mother taught me when I was a little boy. I laugh just like my dad. I throw the football just like my brother taught me how to throw the football, which made me an unbelievable quarterback at Wheaton College. Did I mention that I played football at Wheaton College? In other words, you become like the people you're with, the people that pour their lives. If you're in an, even in a negative environment and you have yelling and shame in your family, you all of a sudden you find yourself giving yelling and shame to other people, right? Because you learned it. But in Jesus, Jesus teaches us how to love by spending time with him. The second thing that's beautiful is truth spoken over them. Jesus lived with these disciples for three years and he spoke truth over them. And this is the, all the picture of friendship. This is, can I just tell you, this is the honest word. And I just tell you this, I'd actually do a different word if I thought it would help you remember it more. But if you don't have four or five people in your life who can regularly tell you you're full of crap, you're in the danger zone of life. You're going to crash and burn. The only way you can keep from crashing and burning in life is to have people challenge you to tell you the truth in a loving way. The more success you have, the more achievement, the more money, the less you want to hear the truth from other people. It's fascinating. Look at what Proverbs says. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. That's a friend. A friend is a person that will challenge you. Cliff and I had dinner with three longtime Kensington, Birmingham couples, three of the couples that helped start this campus. You owe them a debt of gratitude for their service. And that, you know what that dinner was for? Was to challenge us on some stuff. As the evening turned out, Cliff was imperfect and I was perfect. That's how the evening worked out, as it should be. But you know what? There's nothing better than open rebuke. That means you're loved and you're valued. It was like any of you who played sports. You say, man, the coach is yelling at you all the time. That's a good thing, in a sense, because what does it mean? It means if, he, if, he, if he's not yelling at you, he doesn't care about you. He's given up on you doing better. Does it? Now, yelling is, can be a little excessive. Tom Izzo needs to pray about that. And uh, <laughs> look at the second verse. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Those are the best relationships. I remember when I was in college where I went from being in a relationship of father-son with my dad to being brother-to-brother brother in Christ. It was one of those exhilarating moments. We were having an argument about stuff, and he started to speak condescendingly to me. And I love this. I'd never forget this moment. I said, hey, listen, wait a second. Do this to my dad, who was paying my way through college. I said, listen for a second. You're talking to me like I'm your son. We're talking about Christ right now. We're, we're talking as brothers in Christ right now. And I need you to talk to me as my brother in Christ. I'm a 19-year-old punk talking to my dad. And you know what he did? He received that open rebuke and he goes, you're right. I'm sorry. We need to talk as brothers in Christ. You see, that's what friendship is. That's what Jesus came to bring. Iron, sharpening iron. So one person sharpens another. The last one is this. Trust. 
Trust asked and given and trust given. Jesus says in John 15 to his disciples, remain in me and I'll remain in you. What did he say about? Receive my love. Love, love others as I have loved you. Love each other as I've loved you. And this is to love the world, to give yourself to the world. He says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me, which is remain what? In my love. That's what he's talking about. It's all John 15. Yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, when you follow Jesus and you, you serve him, and I, being with my buddies this last week, we realized Jesus has been so faithful in our life. You know what? When you realize that God has given you a fruitful life, you know what the, the most wonderful part is? You don't feel any need to take any credit for it because you know it wasn't you. It's simply the grace of God working in your life. If you've made it to today, it's a credit to the grace and the mercy and the love of God carrying you this far, even if you didn't even know it was his love that was carrying you. Time. Trust. Truth spoken. These are the things that are so beautiful about the journey of Christ. And part of this, as we get ready to celebrate the end of this day, is a life of beautiful generosity. It's fruitful. Oh, I almost lost it. It's a fruitfulness of living out what Jesus is pouring into us. And you know what? Well, we're going to receive our offering now. This is not the everyone campaign. And we're going to do that up here today, but we're going to receive our regular offering. If you've come uh, as a visitor, you don't need to worry about this moment. But you're certainly welcome to give. But this is part of our, our giving our tithes, our offerings, our trusting God with the first, the, like the first gifts of what he's given us and returning it back to him. And um, I, we wanted to, to, the ushers can come down and start doing this and we wanted an image. By the way, as you give, if you're new to us, probably the easiest way to give is on our website. Uh, you can give in less than 10 seconds. Just text the, text the word Kensington and the numbers will leave that up there for a minute. Um, because it's generosity that's allowed us to just be crazy in this world. Just go crazy to do things that nobody else does. I'm telling you, the generosity that this church expresses to the world, I don't know of any other church that does it. I really, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm amazed by that. It's a terrible business plan. plan. Send out all your best people, send them money. It's like having kids. It all goes out, none of it comes back. But it's a beautiful way to live. And two of those kids are John and Aaron Somerville, which many of you have been very generous with. We thought it would be fun to celebrate again the generosity of your life through two people who are in a very tough mission field. It's so tough, they can't even tell us half the time what they're doing in a very dangerous part of the world. So enjoy this. Hi, Kensington, Birmingham. This is John and Aaron Somerville. We just want to say that we miss you guys. We love you so much, and we're so thankful for your generosity and your support. We have been here almost a year and a half, and it blows our minds to think of the incredible support that we receive from you regularly. Prayers, love, financial support, and we couldn't do what we're doing following the calling God has on our life here in North Africa without your incredible support. So thank you so much, and keep up all the incredible hard work that you're doing all over the world. Thanks. Thanks, guys. It's pretty cool, isn't it? We support indigenous church planting leaders around the world. You guys know that. We, we're people that have church multiplication movements. We don't normally support missionaries. So why, why have you supported John and Aaron? Because they're called to, a, to places where there is no Christian witness at all. That's pretty serious. So that's a, that's a great vision along the way. 
So as we get ready to celebrate some fantastic news with you, we want to uh, show you the story, the result of, of two people's lives that were affected by this campaign. If it had been, been just these two people, it would have been worth our lives. You're going to love and be moved by these stories. And then after that, Cliff and I are going to come back and uh, celebrate, and we're going to finish a campaign that we started three years ago. And wow, unbelievable things that we've seen, nothing better than these two stories. If I hadn't come to Kensington, I really don't know where I would be. I don't know if I would even be on this earth anymore. Didn't feel like I had anything going for me. Didn't feel like there was any chance of things moving forward. I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't really know of any churches in my area. I still couldn't name any churches in the town that I grew up in. And I didn't really have God as like somebody I could have a relationship with in my life. First time I went to church was at MSU. I took a friend, she had hurt her leg and she needed a ride. So I took her to church and I was like, I'll just hang out in the car. You can just go in, it'll be fine. Like I'll be here for you when you come out. And she was like, all right, like don't be stupid, come in. And it was unlike anything I could have ever imagined a church being like there was music there was people singing people were getting out people were taking notes and I was like that's like insane like I need to find something like that by my house so I started going to a church around here I went there for like two years pretty passively like just when I came home from school I turned 21 things kind of changed a little bit after school I would go out with a friend and we'd drink a beer and I started to kind of feel like that was a way for me to connect with other people. It got rid of the anxieties, the depression. The drinking just completely picked up. Um, I went from drinking once a week on a Thursday night to every single night, all day, every day. I knew that I could use the Bible and God's Word to live my life better. And that's what I really hung on to the relationship with God, I didn't really fully understand until I came to Kensington. And I spoke to people about their relationships with God and how like, you could actually be in relationship with Him and it be like a two-way thing and not just you praying to Him or asking Him for things. Six months ago, which was September, um, I had attempted suicide. I just felt like all hope was lost. Um, so I took all the sleeping pills I had. I ended up throwing it all up, um, getting it out of my system. I still had to go to the ER because I was delirious. I didn't even know where I was. I barely even remembered doing it. The shame that I had from even attempting that or thinking that kind of just overwhelmed me and I just kind of didn't care where I was at. I was talking to my mom one day and I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was crying all day. Um, and she goes, well, why don't you get a hold of Steve? Um, he works at Kensington, the youth pastor. Go for a drive with him. Talk to him. Just like let him know he was always the biggest support growing up for you. So we 
and drove uh, drove around for literally hours. And um, I told, I got home, told my mom that it was the best conversation I've had during my recovery over the last three years. He goes, well, would you consider going to Kensington? Um, just, you know, don't have to come back if you don't want to, just give it a try. I was at a point where I was, I might as well, might as well try it. I don't have much to lose. Since the building's been open, um, I started coming to church every single Sunday. I started going to midweek at other campuses. I've gotten involved in 1829. Um, Sundays, I'm in the nursery. I just got involved with Edge. I'm in small groups on Monday with a group of 1829 girls. It's great people to be around and to confide in and be vulnerable with, which is something that I've never had before. I feel very safe here. If I'm not around like God-loving people, I very much feel lost still. I don't know, he's in everything and he's in every one of us and I think that's beautiful. Before then, I didn't think that um, I could have that, that unconditional love that God offers. My very first week here, they started doing the promotions for their baptism. It was a period of time where I kind of just wanted to move past the past and start focusing on the future. I was walking up to the stage like, oh man, I'm going to be so nervous. I'm going to be freaking out. I'm uh, just going to be too awkward to like even think about celebrating or anything like that. I was kind of expecting to dunk my head and then get out and be like, okay, see you guys. It definitely didn't happen like that. We dunked my head and it was like just such an intense moment. I like jumped out of the water. I hit the camera that was like next to me. It was just so overwhelming. Like I threw my arms in the air and me and Steve hugged each other and it was like just, I don't know, it just felt like so much weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like I had another chance, like something I had been looking for for so long. It really was a gift, like giving anything towards putting this building into my life especially was a true gift from God. Thinking of this building not existing makes me want to cry, honestly. To everyone who gave to the campaign that um, helped build this campus, helped build, it, build the Clinton Township campus, the impact you have had on, on my life has been unbelievable, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everyone who helped make this happen. there's one moment I'll take, one image for this campaign, it's, it's his story going from not valuing his life or thinking he had any worth and being at that rock bottom moment where he thought about taking his own life to sticking his face in a baptistry. And, I've uh, never seen anybody uh, Me neither. That, that, that was great. I loved it. And uh, what a beautiful, but isn't that a beautiful picture? You know, how God used the Clinton Township building and his friendship with the youth pastor there to really bring him to that point Amazing. of uh, salvation. And, yeah, it is. What a beautiful picture. So, 
We are so excited that today is here, and you've been patiently waiting this moment. And uh, before we do, I want to tell you, I didn't say this in the first service, and about five people grabbed me on the stage. I want to give you a quick Angela moment, since we are friends, and you guys are walking through this with us. She had her heart stress test this week. She's going to hopefully have a kidney transplant this summer, and uh, they said that her heart is in great shape, and so she's in good shape to have her transplant, so thanks for praying. They said that she is exposed to so much daily stress being married to me that uh, this transplant would be no problem at all. It's a miracle. It it really is. It really is. Okay, I can attest. (laughs) Thanks. That's pretty strong you said that. Um, Anyway, okay, great. I don't have my notes. They fell out. I think London took them. We don't need them. them. We don't need them. We're good. So didn't London draw a picture of you in the first service? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I don't know if you can see it. And it says, blah, blah, blah. That's hey, fantastic. Hey, listen, you need people to speak truth into your life. <laughs> That's great. Okay, we don't need any notes. We're so excited today. So part of the Everyone campaign that we've talked about, Clinton Township's building, Traverse City, got their upgrades, Troy's lobby, some stuff's happening in Orion. And one of the dreams we had, one of the projects, was to set aside money in a savings account, $3 million, so that the Birmingham campus mm. could have some money to move on a property should that become available. Yes. And so we are so excited to tell you today that we've entered into a purchase agreement to buy the Detroit Country Day Village Campus on the corner of Maple and Lasser. And uh, we're moving into that, and we're super excited to announce that today. Well, so for some of you who've been here a long time, I just want to say we're super excited. Now, here's the thing. It's a purchase agreement, and what that means, just like the first time you bought a house, you had an accepted offer, and then you had appraisals and inspections and financing and all the stuff you have to do. So we have 120 days to make sure that this works out, uh, both with financing and then also we want to work really tight with the neighbors that are around this property and make sure that we're a good neighbor and that we're involving with them in the process. But we are so excited to start this journey together. Yeah, it's interesting. We've, uh, any, have any, has anyone despaired about finding a place? Me have. So Don Kegley has done some great work. Cliff has been tireless on this. And... Um, it looks like we really got a shot at this. I mean, we, we're going to pursue this. Don Kegley's already drawn some cool drawings. There, there are some things that have to work, so we need you to be praying about it. But it is, the timing is unbelievable. I mean, normally, we've done a lot of campaigns. A lot of you have been with me for many, many years, and you'd be a lot richer had you not known me. Uh, that's the <laughs> truth. Uh, but normally, our campaigns start with a bang and go out with a whimper, and this one started with a bang. We've seen unbelievable stuff happen, and we're ending with a bang. Yeah, we're excited. So last week, I kind of teased this out a little bit and said, I can't say anything right now, but pray. And Thursday at about 3 o'clock is when we got the word that we could say something to you today. So only God, right? Only God could do something like that and have us be able to finish this right as the campaign is ending and be able to announce something that we are so excited about. But you have to know, keep praying, keep dreaming, because the moment we're about to have is a very important moment because this moment is the finish line, truly the finishing strong of our Everyone campaign. And so everything that we're going to do in the next few minutes is to, is to fund the ability that we have to make this purchase and to, and to enter into this purchase yeah. agreement and be able to honor that. So here are the mechanics of this moment that we're about ready to step into, which I'm super excited about. First of all, we're going to have our, our worship band up here. They're going to be playing music for us, and it's, it's going to be a moment of celebration. So we encourage you to sing and to worship God in this next, next moment. But here's the actual mechanics of how this is going to work. So what we'd love you to do is 
this is a moment that affects all of us, everyone who's here. You think about a building and what God may be giving to us. Imagine all of us, our student ministries meeting together in a location that is ours. Imagine a, a world-class children's ministry that we're able to point people to and invite people to. Imagine you guys on setup and teardown. Like, I've had so many guys grab me and be like, dude, what am I going to do at 5.30 in the morning? We'll find something for you, I promise. But there's so many things we want to do. And then imagine all the Bible studies, insights, and dig, and all the things we've got going on for men and for women. And then imagine having our own worship space. So we're excited to have somewhere to point people to, also to be able to rev up, celebrate recovery, and all the different ministries they have for people in Birmingham and Bloomfield that need help and that desperately need friendship and community. So we are so excited for this to happen. Since this is going to affect all of us, we want this moment to be all of us together every one of us. And so we know you're at different places here today. Some of you, first category is you've made a pledge is today and today's the day you're fulfilling your pledge. And so we are going to literally have you come up here, walk across the stage, get through a receiving line of people who love you on staff and cross over here and take your envelope and pop it right into this box right here. As you cross the finish line, we hand you Gatorade. It's going to be a great moment. There'll be medals all that stuff. Steve's going to be over there to tackle you. No, it's going to be great. So that's the first thing. Secondly, maybe you made a pledge and you, and you aren't going to be able to fulfill it all, but you want to do some more and you want to be a part of this. Also fill that out. Put it in the envelope and bring it across. Maybe for you, you're new and three years ago, you weren't even here. I wasn't here the day this launched. I'm new. And so for you, you're like, I want to be a part of this. I love Kensington, Birmingham. I want to see what God's going to do. I'd like to make a one-time gift today. Fill that out on that card you were given and come up here on the stage and drop it in. We'd love for every single one of you. And if you're, even if you're new, we'd love everyone, everyone who's out there to get in this line and come across the stage so we can celebrate the amazing timing that God has blessed us with. Only God could work this out this way, right? And so here, there's going to be a slide here. This is the card that you have. You write your contact information on it. You have a pen. You have the card to drop off. And then there's another slide that talks about how to do this electronically. And on this slide, this is just the same one we had up earlier. I know a lot of you guys, I'm not even sure where my checkbook is right now. It's like most of the bills are paid online, things like that. So you can also use our normal ways to give electronically. You can text using your phone, 77977, the word Kensington, and then select everyone from the prompts. You can also go through our Kensington app, which may be the easiest. Download that for free and select everyone campaign that way. Or you can go to our website and give electronically that way as well. So we want to yeah, give you that your space. Hand, raise to your do hand that. if you need a card. The guys yeah, if you need cards and you can get one, raise your hands. Our ushers are coming down. And so we're excited. So why don't we all just stand up even now and we're going to sing along with our band. And, and Angela, you're going to come up here with me. Yeah. And Justin and Jenny are going to be down here on the end. They've been with us since the beginning here. And we're so excited. They're going to greet you and help you come across the stage. And so we'd love every one of you to come on down and come across the stage and bring your envelopes The first service. The whole place came up. Let's do it together and worship God together. Superman. Yep.